Welcome to another episode of What's Up with DJ, and my name is DJ. Each week I bring you topics about current events, career development, finance, holistic living, and topics of humor and inspiration. So be sure to subscribe, follow, like, comment, and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. So your thoughts and opinions are always appreciated and encouraged. And with all that being said, let's start the show. So my guest this week is Brent Scarpo. He is the author of the forthcoming book, The Red Balloon, which will be available in May 2022 on Mother's Day. Brent Scarpo is a former Hollywood casting director for the films The Shawshank Redemption, The Air Force One, That Thing You Do, and Matilda. He's now a he's now bringing those life lessons he learned from Hollywood to transformational life coaching. He has been a keynote speaker for corporations, colleges, universities, and high schools. As a life coach, for over 30 years, he's worked with millennials in high schools and college. His program, Millennials Are Amazing, transforms careers and relationships into a get busy living mindset. Using his 20 Shawshank life coaching lessons, he says, get busy living or get busy dying. Thank you for joining me. What's up, DJ? <laughs> yeah, what's up, Brent? What a pleasure. I'm so excited. Yes, yeah, and me we're, too. And I just want to, you know, I don't know when it'll air, but this is Veterans Day, and we talked earlier, and you're a veteran, so I just want to honor you, oh, and I want to just say thank you and uh, all the blessings that need to be bestowed upon you and just all this great service that you've done for us. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. And um, when I'm thinking about Veterans Day and, you know, the the time that we give to the country. I also um, mentioned to you that I also think about the spouses that um, sacrifice, you know, their loved ones as well, because when you have a father who's a mother who's overseas or training, then you don't have access to a father and a mother, you know, so that definitely want to give tip my hat to that. They need their own day. <laughs> they need their own. They probably need yeah. a week. <laughs> uh, yeah, a week, right? <laughs> they need a week with what they yeah. have to put up with. Yes, right? but yes. I, 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 I concur. I concur. Yes, yes. So I we talked a bit about your casting directing experience, yeah. and um, you have a impressive resume. I, all the movies that I mentioned, I uh, I love. They are classics. They, you know, I was blessed. <laughs> yeah, very yeah. blessed. I'm very um, well, my two passions in life, because I think as a life coach and what I do, especially with my fabulous millennials is what is it that you're most passionate about? I've mm-hmm. often said, look at your relationships, look at your home, look at your environment, look whether you're in the armed forces, look at your career, look at your neighborhood, look at your friends. And if you cannot say, I am so passionate about these things. I'm so passionate about these people. These people give me such great joy in my life. Then you need to revisit those people, places, and things that are in your life. So my two mm-hmm. passions are the entertainment industry. And then that turned into uh, a career in life coaching. And now I've actually merged them together. Yeah. So I was a young actor. Um, I'm all about, uh, I think, too, with when we talk about passion, passion mm-hmm. can only be experienced if you live in the present moment. Yeah, you can't live passionately last year. 
and you can't live passionately for the future. You can hope yeah. for the future and create plans mm -hmm. for it so that you can live passionately. But to be in the present moment allows you to be in joy, right? I've often said to my clients, when you're in the past, that's usually associated with sadness and depression. Mm -hmm. When you're in the future, that's associated with anxiety. But when yeah. you're in the present, you are in joy. And so for me, the entertainment industry, it's something I've been wanting to do since I was seven years old. I've known my passion. Um, I am an intuitive life coach, which means I have a high level of empathy, a high level of compassion, a high level of understanding and feeling other people's feelings before they can even feel them. So mm -hmm. I just knew at seven or eight, um, started as a young actor. And then, you know, it's interesting in life, right? We talked about uh, how, you know, your transition out of the Marines and, and how certain events will move you in directions uh -huh. that you did not expect, right? Yes. And when you go with those movements, right, that's where the miracles for me happen. And I think for most people. So I was dead set on the acting. I had a friend of mine who was a casting director and she called me and she said, listen, I think you'd make a great assistant casting director. Would you consider being my assistant? And I was like, what? No. Right. No. Yeah, I'm an actor. No, 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 I thought you were calling to help me pay rent. Are you kidding me? What are you talking to be your assistant? No, 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 no. I did see my dream as a child at seven years of age was not to be, I didn't even know what that was. You need to get a job or a movie or a commercial and, and get me an audition. I said no. Yeah. A few weeks later, she called again. Wow. I, 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 I look, I please. I said, I go, it's just bad enough. I got enough things on my plate, but just, you know, whatever movie you get, if I can just get some auditions like you've done in the past, I'd appreciate it. Mm -hmm. About three, four weeks after that, she called and she was crying. So I'll let your audience know a secret. If okay. you call me and you're crying, I'll pretty much do anything you want. <laughs> Make it noted. You know, my, my, my pen and paper. <laughs> I need a loan. Call Brent with tears. Right? <laughs> so I said, what's going on? She said, now, in the entertainment industry, it's interesting because we're forever unemployed. You know, you do yeah. a series, then it's over. You do a commercial, then it's over. You do a movie four months later, it's over. So she said she'd gotten two movies and they won't let her sign a contract unless she brings her assistant. Wow. I was like, oh, my Lord. I said, okay. Now, from a life coaching perspective, I'm pushing against this, uh -huh. right? Now, I say to my clients, if you push against it and it doesn't come back, you probably made the right decision. If you push against it and it pushes back, mm -hmm. you need to listen. Oh, I like that. You need to listen. Mm -hmm. And so the third time, three, very universal spiritual magic number. I said, okay, what are these movies? She said, well, one's called Ed with, with Johnny Depp. It's about the B-movie uh, horror director. I was like, well, I like Johnny Depp. Mm -hmm. The other one's called Rita Hayworth and the Shawshank Redemption. I said, wow. that's the stupidest title I've ever heard in my entire life. What is that thing about? <laughs> right? And so she tells me, and then she said, I said, well, okay, uh, what, what would I do? And, you know, what am I getting paid? Well, she tells me what I would get paid, and I nearly fell off my chair. I said, you should have started the conversation with that three weeks ago. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Wow. You know, I was getting paid like 20 times wow. as much as what it, right? So I said, I'll do this if you can try and get me an audition. And she mm -hmm. said, I'll do what I can. And so, you know, because I got myself out of my own way, mm -hmm. right? There's a lot of clients, a lot of people who are listening to your show right now would say, oh, I would have never done that. I would stick to my guns and so on and so forth. But you've got to know, and I'm going to use the word God, but for all your listeners, whatever your higher power is, just substitute, right? Mm -hmm. There's that famous saying, there's my plan and there's God's plan. Oh, and, yeah. You know, 
God laughs usually when you, but you have to come up with a plan in order for it to be a melding of the minds. Yeah. So I knew. So I ended up being one of the assistant casting directors on what is one of the top 10 films in the world that you're supposed to see before you die called mm-hmm. now the Shawshank Redemption. Yeah, it's uh, playing somewhere right now. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> and tomorrow and in an hour and in six hours. And yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And then after that, I opened up my own casting company because why? I found a new passion hmm. because I got myself out of my own way. I tried something. <laughs> And I was like, oh, didn't see this coming. Oh, now my plan was to be in the entertainment industry. I'm working with a lot of seniors in high school right now. And so they just, you know, I just share my truth and they just think, you know, I don't know. It's funny. I don't think this, but they're like, how did you, you, what an amazing life. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. I just kind of show up, you mm-hmm. know, and be in the moment and, and, and take those risks that are necessary. And so when Shawshank happened, I was able to get myself out of my own way, try something and find a new passion. Mm-hmm. And that's how it is that you transform yourself. That's the transformative. Look, mm-hmm. you asked a question uh, earlier when we talked about millennials, right? Mm-hmm. I love millennials. They mm-hmm. make up more of the workforce today than any of the other uh, work cultures that are out there. Wow. Um, I know that. Uh, oh yeah. They, they, I think right now millennials make up, I may be off on this quote. I think they make up a, a little under 70% of the workforce right now, wow. right? As Because our baby boomers, of which I am, are starting to you know transition and, and retire and such. And you've got your Gen Xs and your Ys and so on and so forth. But I know they're a large part of the workforce right now. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, they, uh, what I love about them, I have this program called Millennials Are Amazing, mm-hmm. is that they really represent what I'm talking about. Because uh, there's a great article I read a couple of days ago that due to the pandemic, 4.7 million millennials are debating whether to go back to work. Mm-hmm. Because when we talk about me going from uh, acting to casting, I found a new passion. And the one thing that describes millennials more, when you look at all the research and all the data, millennials only do things for one reason. They go to work for one reason. They get up okay. in the morning for one reason. They go to bed for one reason. I'm going to let you guess what you think that one reason is. Their joy, their passion. Yeah. And I'm going to be even more specific. So let's get, let's, let's, let's do a little bit of help for the workforce out there. So I'm, I'm a, I'm a baby boomer. So in my generation, they say, Hey Brent, can you stay a couple hours afterwards and get this project done? Now I know I'm not getting paid. Right. But my Generation would be, yes, absolutely no problem, right? Mm-hmm. You just did that. Okay, Brent, would you jump off a bridge? Sure. Which bridge? And I'll get there right now. <laughs> right? You didn't question anything. You just said. Now, baby boomers are meeting millennials. And millennials, you say to a millennial, right? And, and we just don't get it. But I get it, which is why I love them, is, hey, uh, listen, I need to have that report by this Friday of our sales uh, uh, numbers. And mm-hmm. a lot of millennials will say, why? Right. Well, because we need to have that because we're having a meeting. Yeah. Why? Well, because mm-hmm. of the meeting, we're going to look at, yeah, but why? And baby mm-hmm. boomers lose their mind. They have a nervous breakdown. They're like, mm-hmm. stop saying why. Just do it. That's mm-hmm. what I did when I was growing up. Just do it. Yeah. Here's the key to working with our amazing millennials. I'm going to do the same scenario, but differently. Hey, I need to have this sales report by this Friday for our meeting. 
Why? Well, because when we have the meeting, we'll have an idea of what our excess is in terms of our sales. And then we're going to have a meeting about what different communities and uh, organizations in our community we're going to do donations for. Oh, okay. Millennials have to have a purpose. Mm-hmm. Their life has to be purposeful. And they don't do things just because you tell them to do it. That's mm-hmm. not how they roll. They mm-hmm. want to know that the seed that they're planting, they want to know the seed, the name of the plant, where we're planting, where the harvest <laughs> is going to be, do I need water, sun, are we doing classical music, are we doing reggae, are we doing jazz, what are we doing? Right. Right? right. So if you can tie in a purpose that makes a change in the body, the work, the community, the world, whatever, you have them. You have them. Mm. That's mm. why 4.7 million when all of a sudden the pandemic and they you know, lost their jobs or stayed at home and then they were asked to come back, they're like, huh, what am I really being of purpose? Am I being of service here on Veterans Day? Am I making a difference in the world? Mm-hmm. And that's why you're seeing the changes that we're seeing. And that's why well, so many millennials are hiring life coaches because they want to make sure that they leave a legacy mm-hmm. that has purposefulness in it. You know, we become very narcissistic in our demands of what people should be around us. Well, that's what's happening in corporate America, right? So, for example, communicating with our amazing millennials has been very difficult. So, I remember in this one situation, I had a combination of probably every culture, Gen X's, Gen Y's, millennials, baby boomers, all that. And so, it was almost, there was almost like a little bit of a um, confrontation okay. in a room of 300 people. And I was like, okay, look. We are now having exactly what happens, you know, in corporate America. You know, I love that we have a combination of everybody. And I said, if, have you ever been to a country? And I gave them that example. Okay, that's what's happening. You, baby boomer, are going mm-hmm. to France, millennial, and you're asking the millennial to speak English. And mm-hmm. that's not their language. Yeah. You have to learn to speak their language. So I gave them an example. So communication. Millennials actually have a, a priority of how to communicate with them. A great study was done with USA Today years ago. Okay. So with millennials, this is how you communicate. First, you text. Then you email. Then you call. Okay. In that order. If you call first, mm-hmm. it is considered being rude. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so you text. So, but baby moves are like, they just get on the phone. They, they don't even, they can't even see the numbers on the phone. Ah. <laughs> text, right? So they, they're trying to text, you know, the millennial on floor tw- seven. They're on floor two, right? And like, forget, right. oh, for God's sake. Yeah. Listen, just, they don't just call me, right? They don't pick right. up the phone. That's not how, that's not their language. No. So I said, sit down and ask, you know, have the millennial, have the baby, right? And say to them, how do you want us to communicate with you? Right. How can we move forward? How can we? And it was it was interesting. It was about a week after it was that woman. I think, well, the one I'm seeing in my mind, she emailed me. She's like, you know, what? I did what you said. Like we 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 sat down and all we did was ask the questions that you asked us to ask. And they were like relieved. Like we don't have time to pick up the phone. We don't, we don't listen to voicemail. We do not, we don't even, most millennials, if you call them, they don't, mm-hmm. if you call a millennial for the most part, it'll say, <laughs> and I get it all the time. Okay. The subscriber has not set up their voicemail on this phone. Because <laughs> <laughs> they don't want to listen to it. Yeah, it I agree. Funny. 
the minute I hear that, I'm like, oh yeah, they're like in their thirties. <laughs> right. I must have some millennial. In me. I'm forty. I'm forty four, but yeah. I I I hate I hate you know what I have my when someone leaves me a voicemail, it actually gets um transcripted and then sent to me yeah. as a text. You know, right? I, so I don't have to even go in that box and start pressing buttons. But see, and I'm like old school. Look, I had you know I had the you know I had the. Um, uh, the voice recorder at home that was connected to the phone that had to plug in. Yeah. The wall. Right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, so we just, as technology changes the language, we have to change the way that we work and speak with the various uh, work groups and people, you know? And so, uh-huh. um, and it's, it's not that difficult, you know? No, and it's, it's not. It's really I think that I, I admire companies that are yes. taking the time to learn about millennials and truly try to make a connection with them because, um, I think that, you know, they're going to be the one who eventually, you know, takes over. It's not like they already sort of have, you know, taken yeah. over with 70%. Well, of okay. Workforce. So yes and no. So I'll, get, I'll let you in another little secret. So millennials get frustrated. So that's baby boomers getting frustrated with millennials example. Then millennials get frustrated with baby boomers because of some of the things I've shared with you, but there's an unconscious thing that's happening right now as well. So a vast majority of baby boomers, right, in their late 50s and 60s and such, were on the precipice of retiring. Well, 2008 happened. All mm. that real estate, all right? And then people started looking at the 401k that didn't exist. It was like, well, guess we're going to add a few more years. Right? Yeah. Then the pandemic. That mm. all happened, right? And so what's happening is this. Baby boomer says, mm, I'm vice president. I'm president. I'm manager. I'm supervisor got to stay another 10 years. Millennials are like, will you get out of here? You're in my position. <laughs> right here in my get way. Get out. Get out. <laughs> yeah, that's, I'm telling you, that's exactly what's happening. And people aren't aware of that. And so there's this, yeah. you know. Yeah, to fighting. me, how I, um, how, you know, even I think Generation X sort of things like that too. Because yes. um, it, it is not like, I want, you know, get out of here or, or you're in my way. But it's sort of like, I don't like the way you do business. I don't like how you run things. Yeah. So make my life so much easier. Could you please retire so I yeah. get somebody in there that actually thinks the way that I think? <laughs> it's, it's the tribal mentality because what happens is this is the first time in years that we've had so many different tribes. So the baby boomers, the Gen Xs, the Gen Ys, the millennials, all that. That has not happened in a long, long, long time. And technology wow, you, Okay, wow. Well, you're saying you have all these different people from these different generations all in the same environment working together. Trying to. Chaos, trying to, but with chaos in the process. Okay, it's got chaos. it. It's, it's imagine five people from five different countries in one room that don't speak each other's language and they have 60 seconds to defuse the bomb. Mm, chaos. Boom. <laughs> Boom. Yeah, absolutely. It's and I mean, we even have. You know, some of our uh, uh, older workers, you know, that are still in 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 uh, in the workplace um, uh, working as well. So, yeah, it's 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 a it's a first in a very long time. And so we're all trying to communicate. We're all trying to get along. We're trying to position ourselves on the chessboard. Where's my place? Where's my responsibilities? Why are you still here? Why don't you get out? (laughs) Right. Why are you still here? Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Because if you leave to your point, which is a really good point, um, uh, I could get things done faster because I get to do it my way. I don't have to exactly, do it exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, so it's one thing I try to do in terms of working with others. And, I, you know, I like to think of myself as, you know, a person who is a bit more conscious, a bit more aware and not to go into situations with that kind of perspective. 
um, you know, to try to understand the way somebody thinks, you know, of course, baby boomers and try to understand that so that it's not me just going, oh, just being dismissive and saying, you know, why don't this person just tire, right. you know, but I have to admit when I hear a baby boomer say they're, 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 they're going to be retired in two or three years, depending on their likability, I'm like, thank God. Yeah. Woo-woo. <laughs> like, Woo-woo. I'm like, can that be right now? Yeah. So, yeah. so, but you, yeah. You so, yeah. Go ahead. You were saying? No, no, you know, it makes perfect sense because it, we, look, we all have our own tribe. We have our own people. When I work uh, with clients as a life coach, one of the questions I ask is who is your tribe? Right. Okay. And they don't always Great question. Who, yeah. Who's your tribe? Right. Because you have to honor your tribe before you can communicate and work with other tribes. But mm-hmm. and a lot of times when you're stuck or if you have blocks, you don't know exactly who your tribe is. You don't know who your tribe is and you mm-hmm. don't know what you're passionate about. Then that's the first step. We've got to define who your tribe is. Right. Yeah. And once we find the tribe. How do you do that? How do you define who your tribe is? Oh, great. It's a great question. So, you know, a lot of um, so. For me, I love the work culture uh, example. So, you know, we look at their ages. So, you know, are you a millennial? Are you Gen X? Are you a baby boomer? Are you Gen Y? Because, you know, there are variations uh, or themes for each one, right? So I'll talk to my client and say, well, how old are you? Oh, you're a millennial. Yeah. Well, millennials are A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K. Oh, yeah, that's me. That's me. Oh, no, that's not me. Well, I'm more of a Y in that, right? So then we start in that part, right? And Mm -hmm. then... um, then for me, because I have this, um, and we talked about this as well, I have this program called Millennials Are Amazing. And I've been doing it since I started actually life coaching in 2008. You know, I started niching into millennials because my my whole life I've been in education and entertainment. And so with education, you know, I've worked everything from elementary school kids up to college. And the vast majority of my history with them, they've turned into millennials, right? So I have this really great program. It's um, 21 weeks. And what we do is we peel through meditation, through um, a book that I use through uh, journaling, through exercises that I've invented in the last Mm -hmm. 10, 12 years, along with exercises that I've researched online, we find what it is that you're most passionate about, what's keeping you from being purposeful, right? And that allows you the ability to define your tribe. Case in point, uh, I had this one young man, uh, he was in his mid-20s. And so I do all the things I share with you, right? Mm-hmm. So the thing that he did shared with me about being passionate is he loves music, loves it. I mm-hmm. uh, he lived nearby, so I went to one of his uh, concerts at the bar. Listen, he plays eleven different you know instruments. I mean, amazing. He's written like half an album. I'm like, wow, okay. Mm-hmm. Now we got to make some money, is what his father said. <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I said, great, you have all this talent. Let's find your tribe. Right. Mm-hmm. So there's a great school in Los Angeles called American, uh, the Music Institute, MI, and yeah. I know people there. So I, you know, called and did my little magic, and he wasn't following through. Mm-hmm. I need you to apply. Oh yeah, I'll get to it. I, I need you to get your high school grade. Uh, I will. Um, listen, you got to you got to do a you got to do a demo. It's just two three minutes. You haven't got yeah. And finally, I was like, wait a minute. So I sat him down, you know, we had a little Zoom call and I said, this, we're, this is not happening. You're not creating the action steps necessary to make this, you know, listen, he said, uh-huh. you don't understand. I'm not college material. 
Mm. Oh, the breakthrough. Mm-hmm. Right? Because for every time we try to find our tribe and we get to where it is that we're passionate, we face the fears that we have to overcome in order to believe that our self-worth, self-esteem, and self-confidence is enough to actually embrace the passion that we so you know desperately want. Right? Mm-hmm. Man does not fear losing. Man fears winning. Mm, yeah, yeah, I like that and quote from Marianne Williamson. Yeah, Marianne Williamson, Desmond Tutu, uh, Mahatma Gandhi, they all have various versions on it, which is wonderful. Um, and I said to him, I said, that's a paradigm that you believe, but that's just really fear disguised because that is your tribe. Right. And I said, we need to overcome that fear. So reluctantly, he did all things that I asked him to do. I met him at the school. Uh, I'm happy to say he just graduated last year. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, what was the disconnect? Was it was the disconnect that um, that he was experiencing that sure. made him feel as though? So, you know, most of our disconnect is based in our past. Right. Uh-huh. Didn't graduate for high school. I don't have a high school diploma. I have a GED. Well, GED, that's not real. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's suit. That's no one's going to take a GED, even though I have a GED, but that's so, well, cause I'm not real. I didn't even make it through high school. So they're not going to accept me because I've got a GED. So why, mm-hmm. why am I even going to waste my time in doing that? And then I'm musically talented, but you know, that's, you know, when he started really perusing the website and he saw the big names and the, and the big guitarists and the, and the people that are famous right now that actually graduated from that school when they mm-hmm. went to find their, Oh, who, who, who Eddie Van Halen. Oh, oh yeah. No, I'm not him. I'm not him. No, I can't. Mm-hmm. I can't do that. No. You're, and I, what, and how we got through a lot, through a lot of that, a lot of great life coaching. And I said, what do you mean? You're not him. He goes, well, I, I'm not him. I said, you're missing, you're missing the final words of the sentence. He goes, what do you mean? You're not him yet. Mm, okay. Yeah. That's important to understand. I mean, and talk a lot of limiting ideas and judging yourself against others that she, that he had to sort of overcome. Right. Right. Because what happens again, it goes back to what you're saying. We don't fear uh, 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 losing, how, they're winning, right? Yeah, so then yeah. when you find your tribe, then what happens sometimes is, am I worthy of my tribe? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm unworthy, exactly. When I find my people and they show up and they're there, and then you wrote, they know you know it's your people, you know, because right. I he was salivating up there, right? But then we start questioning, oh my god, right? And to your is point, this too big because one thing I think I deal with this is this is this dream is, is it too big? You know, and sometimes that's okay. Can I do a little life coaching with you? Yeah, sure. Okay. It's not, I'm a pushback. It's not, is it too big? The question you're asking is, why do I think I'm too small? Mm, I like that. I like that. There's nothing too big. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing too big. It has nothing to do with that. Why mm-hmm. is it that I think I'm so small that I cannot? you know, aspire to that greatness. What's keeping mm-hmm. me from growing into the essence of who I know I really am? Yeah. The essence of who I know I really am. Yes. And I, I definitely believe that I, I definitely can accept what you just said. Definitely. <laughs> you know, you know, definitely can take that. Everybody that. listening, just go ahead and take a coffee break. Yeah. <laughs> just take a coffee break. Exactly. <laughs> You know, I can definitely receive that. Yeah, absolutely. Because a lot of time I talk to people all the time and, and you know, I, I think that people bring their best, you know, and you should, you should always bring your best foot forward, you know, but, you know, we all have those, uh, those reservations, oh. you know, 
And I'm always asking people all the time. One of the more questions I ask people all the time is, how do you receive? How do you accept when you feel as though the dream is so big? How do you move forward without that sort of uh, making you freeze (laughs) or making you feel as though, like you said, you're too small? And um I think the number one think that I think you know we get different forms of the answer, but the number one answer is you just do it anyway. You yeah, well I think anyway. to your point, the answer also is, um, and you said it beautifully, by the way, because I didn't always have that. I, I'll be straight up and transparent and authentic with you. Um, the 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 you know, look, we even see this in 12-step programs to be able to accept it. Yeah. Right? You said I accept what you share. I'm like, wow, you just I mean, you just raised the bar so high for you. It's not even funny because most people, when they hear that, you know, uh, criticism or constructive criticism, it's like, well, that's what do you talk? I don't, well, why would you say that? No, no, no. Don't take it personal. That's mm-hmm, the, mm-hmm. This, this is being offered to you so that you can grow. But right. how we, how we choose. So three things. Do we accept it? Do we not accept it? How do we accept it? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. And I totally get it. I get that, you know, that the physical aspects of ourselves is just a minute aspect of a larger thing that we are. And, you know, we're so dominant in society. That's the thing. I mean, look, I work in the entertainment industry. Are you kidding? Yeah. Yeah. I can tell. And and as a casting director, you have stories. I think someone told me before, like casting director, producer, really what you are is the therapist on on set to keep everybody calm. (laughs) I'll tell you. Yeah. I'll tell you a really great story. And I I did this with, I share this story with when I do my diversity inclusive work, because I'm very big on diversity, very big on inclusivity. Uh, uh, when I did Matilda, right, and uh-huh. Matilda, Danny DeVito uh, did the uh, movie. He directed it. He was in it. Uh, he didn't write it. And um, so my job was to hire the kids, right? Uh, Mara Wilson played Matilda. She was actually hired through uh, the head casting director. But I had to find all those kids to be in that school scene, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. So, and you don't always get this, right? But to our point of our previous conversation, so I said to Danny, I said, "Wow, this is a this is a." different departure for you in terms of films you've done because he does those very dark films and mm-hmm. long story short people don't know this the only reason he did that film is it was because it was his daughter's favorite book oh wow! and one time danny was reading it to his daughter and when you're in the film industry you're not home a lot you know just like our servicemen and service women mm, exactly thing, right except you know what we're doing is nowhere near as dangerous as what you what you all are doing and uh he said, I was reading the book to my daughter and all of a sudden my daughter stopped and said, daddy, I think you should make this into a movie one day. And Danny said, I looked at my seven-year-old and I said, for you, anything. And that's the mm-hmm. only reason that movie got done. So when I got the vision of what it is he was looking for, I said, well, you know, what are you looking for in terms of kids and such? And this is how he described it, which I thought was beautiful because you don't get this a lot. He said, I want as close as we can get the ability that no matter what child goes into the movie theater to see this film, mm-hmm. that in some shape or form, he can see him or her. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. That's a great intention. blew my mind. Right. Cause all the other stuff I had to deal with, 
right? I'm doing a beer commercial. We want blonde women with big breasts uh, and blue eyes. I'm like, well, can we have an Asian woman with small breasts and brown eyes? <laughs> like, you, no. You no, know they do drink beer, don't you? <laughs> you know, can we have, we want a white doctor that's six foot two, that's 47. Well, can we have an African-American doctor that's 34 that wants to be a doctor too? I push, I'm telling you, I'm surprised yeah. I was fired years ago. But yeah. you know, we've gotten better. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's really getting better because a lot of times, I saw, you know, me being African-American, when I watch, you know, BET or, or I watched a commercial and it was at primary, primarily African-Americans in the commercial, you knew you were watching BET, right? right? So, but but now, you know, you don't know what channel you're watching when you see African-Americans. In it's, the it's gotten better. It's definitely yeah. gotten better. But it took, it took, you know, a lot of us to get to get to, it took, okay, well, we're going to wrap it together. It took mm-hmm. us to look in the mirror. Yeah. We had a look in the mirror. All of yeah. us. Yeah. Yeah. We're yeah. constantly looking in the mirror. Look, this is why, uh, and this is why I love my millennials. I love working with them. Again, I do a 21 week program. Uh, you can go to my website, which is brentscarpo.com. In fact, I'll even do this for y'all. If y'all want, um, I do a transformative, intuitive reading for all my clients. It's completely. Um, uh, free of charge is my gift to you. So anybody that hears this, as long as I'm alive and well, if mm-hmm. you text me, uh, what's up DJ, uh, mm-hmm. to 760-835-3327, uh, again, 760-835-3327. I will do an hour long intuitive reading for you. And we oh, will great. be able to, yeah, we will be able to get through what I call the good, the bad, the ugly, and the beautiful. And I'm about 86% right so far today in terms of you just got to send me your birthday. Give me 24 hours. We'll get on the phone and uh, we'll be able to have some strategic uh, plans for you in regards to what's keeping you from becoming the best version of who you are. Yes. And I'll leave those links down in the show description so that uh, people can definitely reach out to you. So are there any other ways that individuals can reach out to you? Yeah, so I would say um, you can go to my website, which is brentscarpo.com, B-R-E-N-T-S-C-A-R-P-O.com. Email brent at brentscarpo.com. You've got my cell phone of 760-835-3327. Uh, I'm on Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm doing all the things that I pushed against, mm. right? Oh, yeah. I was like, ah, what do you mean? I want to, the only thing I won't do is Twitter. I just, <laughs> I, I just, I, you know what I'm really into? And it's, yeah. um, I have a, I have a service dog and I have a uh, emotional support dog that works with me when I work with kids. So my Instagram is at Brent and Sophia. Um, and then I'm on TikTok. I think it's Brent and Sophia as well. Okay. Um, I love TikTok. I don't know why. Yeah. I TikTok just, is, is cool. It's oh. cool. It, it took me a while to get the hang of it, but yeah. it, it's, it's cool. I, I just, there's just, there's, I guess when you look at the various forms of creativity, right? There's, there's, uh, it's, it's a, I don't know the, you know, if I can look at something and it moves me emotionally, which with TikTok does, right? Mm-hmm, Instagram mm-hmm. not so much because there's so many pictures and things. Uh, mm-hmm. But you know, people just people are burying their soul on TikTok. You know, they really yeah. are. Um, yeah, they definitely invite people into their lives in a way that I've never seen people invite right. them people yes, into their exactly. lives. I mean, look, if I wait, if I see to bring it back to today, 
you know, my favorite is watching the soldiers coming home and surprising. And I'm like, I got to have about nine boxes of Kleenex just to get through those videos. (laughs) You know, I mean, that's where we use social media in an effort to allow people to see the essence of your soul. Mm -hmm. What I say, you know, I teach leadership to corporate America uh, diversity to corporate America. If you're a corporation, you would love to have me come speak. I would love to come. But, you know, we teach that there are eight basic foundations of good leadership. My two favorite are uh, transparency and authenticity. Yeah. I think that's what's going to really be the key to getting us through the challenges that we're facing right now. Yeah. And I love that you said that you're using social media to show the essence of your soul. That's just amazing right. to me. If, if we did, right. we, if we all did that, you know, yes. social media would be totally right. different. Well, because it's making a huge transition because, you know, as my one friend who's a leading psychologist here in California talked about, because I'm always questioning things. I think it's important. So mm-hmm. I didn't have Facebook, you know, I just didn't. And I said, well, I think I have to. And because I, I, to be able to practice what I preach, I have to speak the language of the people that I absolutely adore and love, and that's millennials. How mm-hmm. am I going to help them if I don't? I remember my first text, you know, and uh, and she used to call it fake book. Fake book. <laughs> fake book. I said, fake book? She said, no, that's real. You know, I said, what are you talking about? This is about 10, 12 years ago. She's like, go ahead and look at it. Go get some friends and watch it and then come back to me. So I did. I looked at friends. And it was really interesting because there was this one that I looked at and it's gotten much better. I think that's mm-hmm. what TikTok, I think TikTok is the um, the birth of what Facebook really wasn't able to do. Um, okay. In that uh, I remember seeing, I won't say who, but I saw a friend of mine and just all these great pictures and the wife and the kids and da, da, da. Well, I also knew at that very moment in time, he was going through a brutal divorce. Mm. brutal and Mm. this was current so let's bring it back right he was using facebook as the mirror to put the makeup on yeah yeah and what i've been noticing with tiktok is that people are becoming more real they're becoming more transparent they're becoming Mm -hmm. more authentic you know the kid who has been dancing 132 days in a row because he does not self-harm himself anymore. And for every day mm-hmm. he does not self-harm himself, he will do the dance. I'm like, that's using. Yeah. Social yeah. Media. I like that. Yeah. I just said, I just said it to the kids yesterday. I said, you know, they were asking all the questions and I said, well, there are four aspects of all of our lives. There's the good, the bad, the ugly, and the beautiful. And there's mm-hmm. not one person in the world that has not gone in and out of the good, the bad, the ugly, and the beautiful. But mm-hmm. my clients, what I do with them is I try to get them to own the ugly. Because if you own the ugly, that's the only opportunity that you have to turn it into beauty. If yeah. you choose not to own your ugly, to your mm-hmm. point, right? Mm-hmm. Once you own the ugly, then the ugly has the has the ability to transform into the beauty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally 100% believe that. Yes. Yeah, I like that. Well, we want to keep on, um, you know, enlightening the world. Yes. And not only just giving it to them intellectually, but teaching them how to apply it practically live to it. their lives. Live it, live it, live it, learn it, live it. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yeah, we'll come back. My book comes out April of 2022. It's called The Red Balloon, Transforming Your Life, One Inspirational Story. Is it April or May? May. Uh, May, you're right. Well, I'm going to be in Indiana April. We're going to uh, we're gonna showcase it in May. So I'm going to have a book launch, um, uh, both on Zoom, because you know that's what we do now. And then I'm going to have an actual launch in the state of Indiana. I have some relatives there. We're going to do a um 
fundraiser for local cancer uh, organizations. Wow. So, um, but it's really going to be a Mother's Day celebration with a lot of different uh, themes to it. So, I'll be in Indiana in April. Um, people can email me. I'll put you on my private book list. You'll be invited to the private book launch on Zoom. If you're in mm -hmm. Indiana, you can come. Absolutely. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Definitely send me all those links so I, I will can I include will. them in, in, inside of the show description. And again, I thank you so much for joining me. And I enjoyed this conversation immensely. I can't wait to post it and <laughs> share it with the world. And definitely in the future, I want to have a conversation with you in the future to set up a catch up with you. And hopefully, you know, we stay in contact um, just through this process. Thank you. All right. All right. 